Ready? Is it picking up voices? Yeah. Oh. Hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 31-5, and we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernille. Every week, we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. And um, what uh, what games have you been, you've been you've been posting about some games online, haven't you? Uh, like some no. new stuff you've been playing, or just maybe old stuff you gotten back into? A little bit of both, yeah. So like, I've been kind of on like a social media hiatus, but I try to at least come back into the Discord more often, the chat. Um, but one thing I've been trying to do to sort of reintegrate or reengage, so to speak is to talk about, you know, just video games because beyond anything else out there, video games is the sort of thing where whether someone's paying attention or not, I still get satisfaction for talking about video games, so I post it anyway. And um, recently, it's been a combination of trying to start playing games for 4 in February, which I'll be honest, after getting some of my review games I got to do this month Mm -hmm. and others coming down the pike, I may not be pulling that off. The 4 in in February being... Trying to complete four games in one month. Exactly. That's, I mean, that's a in, in the shortest month of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, keep in mind, I mean, if I really wanted to go hardcore and press it, I could just pick like four like really short games on like the NES just to say I played through it, and I may end up pulling some of that off just because. But uh, I had some games in mind. But then I also got recommended a few games out of nowhere, like one I posted about, I guess, yesterday. Cause I spent a good chunk of the weekend playing it. It's called Echo Generation, mm-hmm. and it only came about because a friend of mine asked me, well, on Friday, a friend of mine was like, hey, we should all watch Mean Girls over like Discord or something, because I had never seen it, and they were referencing it one day. I was like, I don't know what the heck this is. What's, what's Mean Girls? Is that a movie or a show? It's, oh. a, it's a Tina Fey movie. Oh. So like, there's a lot of memes out there that are inspired by Mean Girls, and I've seen the memes, and I've laughed at them, but never had the context. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you got to watch this movie. And even my trainer was like, oh, you're going to watch Mean Girls? You're going to love it. It's so good. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, fine. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll watch Mean Girls. So we watched it and then laughed. And then after that ended, they was like, you ever play golf with friends? I'm like, I have no idea what that is. So <laughs> friend bought it for me, nice. and then we all played it. And I had fun, but then as I was logging off, one of the people that was playing the game was like, hey, I've been playing this game recently. You might like it. It seems like it'd be up your alley. And it was Echo Generation. And it's essentially uh, a, like the typical like Stranger Things slash Earthbound slash, you know, whatever you'd want to call it. Kids on bikes slash mm-hmm. Tales from the Loop. Just kids on adventures in like the 80s. And essentially, that's what this game is. You're just a kid who wakes up in the morning and leave the house with your kid's sister. And weird stuff happening. You fight mutant rats and raccoons. And and your principal kidnaps children. And, and the prom queen's a ghost in your school. Just uh, weird stuff. Sounds that's fun. It's fun and extremely disjointed. Like, uh, it's one of those games right now where I don't know if I could recommend it. Despite the fact that I'm personally having fun. That's something I got to get over recently, mm-hmm. too. I don't know what happened to me. It's a part of just whatever I'm going through. But a side effect of that... I don't feel confident recommending games to people anymore. Mm. It's almost like I feel like any game I recommend will get shot down and I'll get blamed for them not liking something I enjoy. <laughs> and then my that, normal self yeah. is like, well, whatever. I like it because I do. And I'm telling you, I like it because I like it. Hey, well, fair, I mean, like to be fair, you do like a lot of stuff. I do. Like, like a broad range of things. So I understand where some of that maybe anxiety around that area come, comes in. 
Oh yeah, like, but even like, when I do reviews. But if you can talk about something with enthusiasm, then I think someone will be like, "Oh yeah, fantastic." But if you're like, "Like, hey, should I play?" You know. Uh, Dragon Warrior Quest, you know, Mean Girls Edition, and you'd be like... If that game existed, I would have to recommend it. <laughs> and, you, and you'd be like, um, yeah, I played it all weekend. It was okay. They're not. Should I buy it? Yeah, you would probably enjoy it. There's and, no enthusiasm and if that was, there, yeah. There's no enthusiasm there. They, they probably won't. You know, they're not going to go out. But if you were like, yeah, I did this, I did that, and Tina Fey was in the game, and then like she turned into a dragon, like it'd be awesome. And then again, I, again, I would play that game, <laughs> especially if the dragon was continued had continued to be voiced by Tina Fey, and she had the same mannerisms, but she was a dragon that blew fire when she exhaled. So that's the, that's my problem is people ask for game recommendations, and I just make them up. Usually, <laughs> you should play Dragon Quest Mean Girls. <laughs> dragon Quest Mean Girls. Um, if you're listening to this episode on the day that it comes out, which is. Oh, it's actually the seventeenth, my birthday. <laughs> if you're I listening know. to it on the seventeenth, no, no, this comes out on Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. I'm looking at the wrong day. Um, if you're listening to it on the Wednesday, the sixteenth, um, not the sixteenth, the ninth, not the ninth. Oh my God, you're out of yours. You need a nap. <laughs> no, I'm just mixed up because we're recording two this week. Anyway, uh, if you're listening to this as it comes out, next week, next Saturday, I'm doing a charity live stream. It's at twitch.tv slash Rabumon, R-O-B-B-U-M-O-N. You're supposed to sing that. That was a jingleable Rabumon. R-O-B-B-U-M-O-N. <laughs> Rabumon, Dep Steps, Dance to Play. I don't know. Something. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'll be playing uh, dance games for at least four hours, raising money for Project Hope, which um, helps to provide... Uh, uh, personal um, protection, personal protection. You know the uh, uh, masks and stuff. Mask stuff. Doctors and doctors people working on the front line. Working on the front lines. And Project Hope. All that money I am going to be uh, matching donations to the Delaware Jingle Jingle Dance Dance Matching the Bucks Center for Justice. <laughs> Justice for the Dance Man who does who does a lot of good in our immediate area and I, I think our immediate area needs a lot of good so that part also has a rhythmic tone <laughs> you need a lot of good you do a lot of good so come check it out I'll be raising money for that it's um if you want to chip in like a dollar or two I'd really really appreciate it you don't have to watch me sweat for four hours but I'll be talking through the whole thing um, I'll be doing challenges I'll be taking requests I'll be setting up a request line. Like I did this last year. It was a lot of fun. We ended up raising about $400. Oh, sweet. So uh, the, the goal this year is just to match that. So yeah. That again. Um, so yeah, check that out. Twitch.tv slash Rabumon. I, I stream there twice, two or three times a week, but it's so early in the day. I get like maybe one or two people watching. So it's not a big deal. It's a tough, I mean, it's I just, a tough I, thing to coordinate that sort of thing. I, I, think. I know. Like if, if I were to do it, like not even daily, but like, on a regular basis at like 6 p.m. or 8 p.m. It'd be fine, but I don't exercise at those hours, so it's not going to happen. But if you're having fun, this can be at any hour. It's it could like, be at any hour, but like, I don't know. It doesn't fit my, I just, that's just how I do things. <laughs> it's like, what are, like I schedule my fun. I, I like to much. schedule my fun. Speaking of scheduled fun, Pernell, thanks for coming over tonight. <laughs> you're very welcome. Rob had we originally usually record on Thursdays, but Rob had an adventure yeah. established. Yeah. But then Mother Nature said, "Oh yeah, we'll see about that." And I actually, borrowed my brother-in-law's car because it has all-wheel drive. Oh, so you were definitely planning. So and then and then they called us up in the mountains. We I, got, I rented a cabin in the mountains to, to hang out. Thankfully, it wasn't a cabin in the woods. Oh, that was definitely it's out there. Oh crap! Apparently, it's it's in the middle of nowhere. Leave your phone number and um, you know. 
Oh yeah, of course. Hey, it's like it's like um okay, um Pernell, we're going They gonna... got Chris Evans, they could get you too. Pernell, we're going to go um pick up this couch from this guy on Facebook. Could you um could you like this is where we're going to be? Yeah, this the same the... logic. <laughs> yeah. You know, keep keep your crowbar ready just in case. Uh, but anyway, it got snowy, and um, they they called us up and said, you know, do you really want to do it? Because you might not be able to make it up here. And then at the hour we were going to leave, um, we were going to get caught in the middle of it. And you know how it is up there. It's Those roads are windy and hilly and scary. Yeah, it's very dark Devil's Woods type stuff. Yeah, it's near, like, like it's 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 past the Poconos, near Wilkes-Barre and Scranton. Mm-hmm. It's a little, it's a little, it's a little dicey peaks. Yes, no dice for me. I don't yeah. want any of it. So I don't like the cold. I don't like the ice. I don't like skidding. And I don't like charging my insurance. So none of the above. Thank you. So because of that, we're hanging out on a Monday. Monday morning. Making a Monday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Monday becomes I, I, there's not even a there's not even a rhythmic version of Monday switching to Tune Day. It doesn't feel right. right. I can't do it. I'm gonna, anyway, I'm, anyway, I'm turning the I'm turning the theme song off because this this week is about a very specific song that that got in your head at some point. It it's just odd stuff here. <laughs> yeah, man, it's my stuff. Um, you'd think that this is just wordplay, and we're just going to use this song as like, ah, hey, we're talking. But no, this is the song. This is the theme. The exact song. So it gets weirder than this, though, because this is another example of an episode where, like, I think I kind of conveyed what I was thinking, but it didn't quite make the full transition to Rob, <laughs> which is why this is going to be fun. Like, hey, what are we doing next week? Uh, cry, cry, baby. It's an old R&B song. Let's do it. I'm like, That's so, game. <laughs> so what ended up happening was uh, a few weeks ago, I was playing uh, i was doing like a um neo turf masters tournament so it's yes. like a do- golf game that was on neo geo arcade cabs and i guess it also had like a, a mvs version too but anyway i had to digress we were playing that and it was a back and forth thing i'm not the best at the game because mm-hmm. i'm with the players often i would like so when i was doing well and we were getting the trash talking back and forth I instantly was like, cry, cry, baby. <laughs> and I remembered it from this song. And I've done it in the past. Like, I grew up with this music. Uh, my dad grew up with it, who in turn passed it on to me mm-hmm. when I was growing up. Yeah. So despite the fact that I didn't know who wrote this song or what it was called, I just knew the sound and that statement. So I told that to Rob. I was like, based on this song, and the topic will be called, here's where the topic change was, fly cry baby so so i guess interested there because fly cry baby Mm -hmm. and but it's because it's that what you said to me or did you say i did i did and i just i just i just glossed right over that yeah you did but it's okay (laughs) because that may result in different track pickings like i like when that happens so the reason where the fly came in in addition to that was because on that exact same night i played a game for the first time which will be my first pick on the show and it tied in. I was like, wow. Oh, yeah. I got to pick something from this game for the show. This music is really good. <laughs> and then the character I use flies, take to the cry. It's like, fly rhymes with... That doesn't quite rhyme, but it flows with cry. But it, you made that you made that mental connection, right? And yes. It's all sort of fit together. Like fly, cry, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the topic. So I picked tracks that are associated with all three of those words. Rob... I think pick tracks associated with the entire statement of Crybaby. No, no, I picked music that. Like, this is the social I was talking about. The talky part. Yeah, that's that, a lot of music. Voice testifying. Yeah. It's so good. Like, 
That's why I didn't click with me. You said, "Do you remember?" Like a lot of music from back then. Yeah, did it is. This. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Though. It's that, so good. I know people. So good. Purnell's <laughs> getting into it. Um, yeah, so no, I picked music that actually sounded enough like this, like emotionally. Oh, this should be interesting. Yeah. And not just like emotion, like sound, because it's going to be impossible to find game music that sounds like a song from the 1960s. But there's a lot of... Unless you just pick from Bioshock and Bioshock yeah, exactly. Too. But there's a lot of... Well, I, was, I went through a lot, like, a lot of classic classic game stuff. So this is all going to be music that is reminiscent of or made to sound similar to this style of music. Oh, okay. And hopefully I, 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 hopefully I found some stuff that may resonate. I'm and looking you can tell forward me, to... Yeah, you can give me a scale from one to ten <laughs> how close I got. One to ten rubles. Ten being this song. <laughs> just <laughs> just played, ah. played through a Game Boy. I give this one <laughs> I give this one a five, which races a sniffles. Yeah, this one's an eight, which counts as a deluge of tears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, nine, the nine is balling. <laughs> Full on. Full on balling. Buckets of tears. Okay, so uh, oh, we're starting with you. We're starting with you today. Okay, so from my first track, it's in, um, you know, insinuates on the, or leans on the word fly. Um, this comes from the game Guardians, Denjin Makai 2, and this is the theme for stage five. And I honestly could not find a composer. The closest I got was a name that went by Kitsubari. I'm sorry. Kitsubari. Kitsubari Shigotose. Kitsubari Shigotose. All one. All one ridiculously lengthy word. So that might be. Kitsubari Shigotose. Yo. So, so that might be like a group of like maybe people. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Maybe like a sound group. Right, let's go. Whoever worked for like Band Presto or whatever. Mm. Welcome back. You're listening to the theme for Stage 5 from the game Guardians, Dungeon Makai 2 on some arcade board, and I'll tell you why I have no idea in a second, um, but this was composed by, we. the best we could come up with was like, uh, like maybe a band Presto sound group, but the name that's com- that we were provided was Kitsuburosh, Kitsubari Ishi, crap, one more time. Kitsubari Shogotoseyo, which is probably like an amalgamation of multiple names from the group. And I think it's amazing because I practiced this in my office. 
you and had it down. And I get down on the showtime. I'm like, words. So, Katsubari Shiko Tose. I hate you. You're the one to get that. You're the one to get it. I put spaces in the words. Oh, there it is. I was hoping I could find the composers by by maybe picking apart like the names within the name, but I can't figure it out. So this is a cool. This is a cool beat 'em up. Yeah, apparently it was one like it was like a, I don't know. If, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's probably their last beat 'em because I don't know how far they've gone. Because I wasn't, I didn't do a lot with Band Presto. Usually when their gaze came down my pipeline, it was like, oh wow, Band Presto. I've seen that name before, but I never tracked them per se. But what I do know is this was a late stage arcade board, and it didn't get really brought over to the states in any form because at that point the arcade scene was pretty much dying out, like the beat 'em up form of it anyway. Um, because music games are what brought it back, but in the states, like they were drying up hardcore oh, yeah. around this time, around '95. Yeah. Uh, but my friend tracked the game down, and we were hanging out, and he's like, "Yo, you got to try this game I found. I've been looking for it for a while, and I finally got it." And I was like, "Okay, well, we'll play it." And it was this cool beat 'em up. It's composed of six stages, but from like the like the first stage is set that in stone. Seems short. Oh, it is, sorta. But what it is is like between like. The, the pretty much the middle stages. You could choose between a set of stages, so you don't do every stage in one playthrough, mm. which gives you good replayability. There's like eight characters to choose from, oh, so there's a lot of characters. That's cool. And their moves are really diverse. Like there's weapon pickups, but you almost don't even need them because the characters work well. Like the character I chose was named Zeldia. I had to look that up because I didn't remember her freaking name. I just played through the game and had fun. <laughs> yeah. But it was a winged woman who had claws for her main weapon. She had a Uzi. So she fired an Uzi with her special weapon, <laughs> and she had a lot of really cool like air attacks because of her wings. Most notably, she had one where she could jump up, and then she would fly over the over the opposition. If you just let it go, she would just like soar as an evasion move. But if you decide you want to make it an offensive move, you could press the attack button, and she'd bring her claws out and drill into people while she's flying towards them. So I used to, I was having a lot of fun like maneuvering with that character, and as he got through a good chunk of the game without like running out of lives. And my friend was was surprised by that because he was like, "Wait, wait, you haven't continued?" I'm like, "No, me and my baby are doing taking care of business. Sword over the opposition, stabbing where we see them. No big deal." Uh, but it was a lot of fun. And fun fact, two fun facts. One, if you go reading about it on the internet, a lot of people have a knack for saying or a propensity for saying mm-hmm. that this is probably one of, if not the best beat 'em ups ever made. Two. It's one of the only other beat 'em ups aside from Streets of Rage 3 that has vertical dodging. Vertical. The thing I tote heavily for why Streets of Rage 3 is awesome. The ability to dash up and down. Oh. So like because yeah. you don't have to, you don't just you can't just dash left and right. You can dash up and down. Yes. Yeah, oh like, no, I remember, yeah, because Streets of Rage 3, you hit up up, you can kind of like do a little roll. Yes. Yeah. And people underestimate how much that adds to a beat 'em up flow because one of the biggest issues in those games is that your your ability to evade enemies that are attacking you yeah. with the when you can't step back far enough is BS. Like generally, you got to take absorb the hit, but with the ability to actually dodge horror like vertically, that gives you a lot more wiggle room to do moves and like you know hit and run mechanics. Yeah, yeah, and that gives the that gives the game designers more room to like throw more at you. Yeah, now you have more mobility. And I'm glad you said that because this game does that. The game, the screen will get flooded with enemies, and some of them are really ridiculous. Like, there's, like, one enemy 
that's like a giant dragon head with legs that comes out and blows fire. And for a while, we thought they were mutations, but it's actually a guy with a dragon head that oh, blows fire. Oh, and knocked it, it all. <laughs> yeah. um, one particularly weird enemy that I remember fighting, it's like the first stage boss. Mm -hmm. It's this really, really like steroid buff woman who has like Goku, not Goku, like Luffy, like elasticity. So like, she'll like flex hard. She'll twist her body into like a, like a screw and she'll punch her arms all the way out. And then the arms will come back, and she'll, like, sp unspin herself, and that does damage to you, too, if you get caught in that. Like, it's a lot of crazy enemy types that in this game. Cool. So this game came out in 96, and the um, the artwork in these games are, are incredible. Because you know that, like, this was all probably drawn by hand first. Like, animated probably by hand first, and then translated to pixel art in just an incredible way. It's I'm just blown away by the, by the, the, the sheer amount of um, just creative work that went into, into the it's beat -em -ups. a beautiful freaking it's, game it looks gorgeous there's like one level i remember doing i don't know and what this is, it was this is guardians tenjin makai 2 yes <laughs> apparently and what I was, I was reading about this believe it or not i was reading about it today um apparently this was like a major departure from the first game in fact the namesake of the game isn't even in this game oh. um but they were in the first game uh but like one of the levels i remember i don't remember why you were there where it was like you were like in a stage where it was like a bunch of like miniature houses and buildings and you were just smashing the houses like Godzilla <laughs> while also fighting the enemies that were running around the stage. That's awesome. It's just I love that. a good game. Like oh. I I was happy to like it happens a lot at his house. Like I'll go over there and he always has some weird beat em up I've never played or a good running gun game like Krautbuster, mm -hmm. which was the other really wacky shooting game he's had. And I've been trying to find the OST for that for a while, because it's coming on the show. Krautbuster. Krautbuster. Wow. Um, the guy that composed like was like Raphael Lil or something, huh. but I can't find the actual OST available to like to play anywhere, um, even on his actual site. Like I can't find the OST in a way that you can play it and listen to it. Yeah. But, wow. Uh, it's. I mean, I find he he has these games, and he's like, "You got to try this game," and I'm like, "Okay, I'll try it," and I'm like. This is ridiculously fun. Like, it brings you back to that era of playing old school arcade games, but they're new games. So yeah. it's like I'm getting that rush again. Like, what's Whoa. this guy do? Yeah, this came out in 2018 and 2019. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, it's a really fun game. That's, I had no idea that the development scene was still, like, going on. There's a lot of weird games that are still popping. Like there was like this one game. It recently, it actually did get console releases, but it was called, like, Zeno Crisis. Mm -hmm. And there's that game, Paprium. Different studios, mind you, mm. but still the same idea. Just like these odd, unexpected games that are just still getting made, that are meant to like you know emulate the arcade style. In some cases, made on the original hardware. It's wild, and I'm happy that one that people are still doing it, and two that I have someone that that knows someone who's like I still acquire these games. You can mooch. I'm like I like to mooch. That is so, amazing. Oh gosh, look at all of these Neo Geo games that are coming out. That is awesome. All right, I, I have a new like rabbit hole to go down. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good one, man. I'm telling. You. Like, again, like the games themselves aren't even meant to be complicated because, again, they're designed with that classic style of gameplay in mind, so they don't go nuts with the complications of the gameplay. But it just feels, it feels old in the sense that I'm familiar with this type of game. I used to play it in this style. We you know, greasy piece of hands, drinking sodas at the arcade, but it's new. Because I've never played it before. I've never heard of it before. So I can still get that Twitch feeling like, okay, we got to beat the game before we leave today. We got to play it in one sitting. Wow. We have to finish it before we go home. And I love it. They're called NG. They're called NG Dev. 
and they've been, I think they started in 2006, 2005 is when they first started their, their team. So they've been working on the Neo Geo for a long time. That is so cool. So right. now I'm starting to wonder if Guardians is just an MVS game. I think it might be. All right, so the music I picked is a very different style. <laughs> um, and also this kind of thing, I'm going to pick my first track is from the game Magical Date EX. Mm-mm. This is a Taito arcade game composed by Hiroyuki Misawa Norihiro Furukawa. And this song is called Sweet Love. listening to Sweet Love from the game Magical Date EX for the arcade composed by Hiroyuki Masawa and Smooth Norihiro Furukawa. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so where's this rate on your scale for now, on the the tiers scale? I feel like it already might nail like a... I don't want to give it a too high because it's not sad. There's no crying per se, but it's got the style. It's got it's the vibe. Little, it's a little sad. It's a little like nostalgic kind of sad. Like this is the, like, his date went poorly. He's at home thinking about what he did wrong. Okay, so so the the song "Cry Baby" is about a woman who leaves the guy for someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy treats her wrong, and she wants come comes crying back. That's that's the that's the song. <laughs> that's the '60s. Okay, um, okay. In this game, I mean, do you like party games with lots of mini games? Like Bishibashi? Oh, I do like those things. Yeah, mini games with just like one button you gotta just jam over and over again. This do, is that game. Do you like dating sims? I do. It's the same. It's it's jammed together. So what you do is there's there's three really ugly, low poly <laughs> looking female characters. Uh-huh. You pick the one you want to go out on a date with. Okay. And then what you do is you try to impress the date with your skills at the mini games. Oh, cool. And so you go from like place to place on your dates playing mini games. Um, and then at various places along the way, she asks you how the date's going, and it's like a multiple choice question, and you got to get it right. And if you don't get it, if you don't get it right, and you upset the girl, the game's over. Wait, so in a sense, like you could be like, I'm having a oh, almost is really reminiscent of something that actually happened to me. Oh, um, you'd be like, you could be like, so how's the date going? Yeah, exactly. And be like, yeah. I think it's going great. She's like. I don't. <laughs> like, wow, what did you think of this ice cream? And you got like, you have like uh, answers that say, ice cream is great. 
I like chocolate. Let's go to the movies. And if you pick like, let's go to the movies, she'll be like, movies are terrible. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> but, the, but they go on great. She might go, I love going to the movies. Let's do that too. So it's one of those types of things. So if you get it right, then you go can continue on your date and play more stupid mini games until you get to the very end where you pick a bathing suit for her and a cam- you get a camera and then you take low poly pictures of your low poly girlfriend. <laughs> That's PC gaming. Or yeah. classic PC gaming. This is arcade gaming for now. This was in the arcade? This is EX arcade. <laughs> oh, jeebus, man. This was an arcade game. Um, super, I mean, it's it's risque in the fact that it's what they're doing, but it's not like, it's... I just think it's funny that this would be an arcade game. It's yeah. such like you're like hanging around with all your friends at the arcade with your greasy fingers. Like, okay, <laughs> okay, mash the button. Now tell you where I go to the movies. Okay, okay, now choose a bathing suit. And meanwhile, your, your, your friends are like, dude, are we, are we going to go? Street Fighter's right over there. <laughs> but like... <laughs> like everyone's like playing Gunbird and like near Daytona in the background and some guys are like, I got to get this date just right. <laughs> I got to mash this button. But no, the game actually, I mean, the, the mini games, they look fun. They look like, like Bishibashi style where it's like, press X now. Press J now. You know, jump, 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 jump. And you have jump rope and you stupid stuff like that. And I can totally yeah. see it as being something that's ultimately fun. It's just something that oh, yeah. I have a hard time picturing in an arcade. Wrapped around a PC-98 world. There it is. Yeah, but not but like not that far. I feel like I feel like this is um, uh, USA Up All Night. Where PC, okay, with where, Gilbert Gottfried. Where PC-98 is like... Welcome uh, back to Magical Date EX. Exactly. Where you get the girl of the movies. Right <laughs> Christ. But like that that level, that level of risque rather than the um um I don't know, this is like the the, the late night trauma video of PC ninety eight. Yeah, there <laughs> like we go. Terrifying like friggin' trauma man. But who whose brain did this game come out of? Trauma and who if you don't, bought it. Yeah, if you're not familiar with trauma. No, we have to go that Don't part. go down that rabbit hole but anytime anyway, but, soon. But that was the that was the only like illusion or, or metaphor that I could come up with for some of the, the PC ninety eight Sims. Visual novels. <laughs> Though on a random side note, I do have to say, related to that, I always found it hilarious that given what trauma was, they somehow decided to make the Toxic Crusaders cartoon. Like, there was someone in the studio that said, kids love this oh, guy. I loved it. I loved it. I, I, I I'm not know. knocking the cartoon. I'm knocking I, the I general fact that it exists. How did we get there? And then um, and then the NES game? <laughs> it's like a very odd concept. And, and did, they, did they do Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? Now, I think they were a different studio, but they were inspired by that that weird as house. Of, oh, okay. Because that was also a cartoon that I really enjoyed, which I what. How that happened? I don't because I know the killer. I know the killer tomatoes was a movie, and then they yes. made a cartoon based off of that. Yeah, I, but I remember watching that movie as a kid. Where the other ones, like I was not, I was not allowed near it with a ten foot pole near any of those movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But the killer tomatoes, I kind of remember like a giant tomato attack of the killer tomatoes. Yeah, which was just like probably a giant balloon filled with I don't know, like Kool-Aid. ketchup. Yeah, ketchup like being smushed on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought funny, because I feel like the movie, the, the <laughs> tomato didn't have mouths or faces or anything, but in the cartoon, they gave them faces and oh, like personalities yeah. Yeah, they and look stuff. Like, they look like Meatwad from, from uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> angry Meatwad. Yeah, angry Meatwad. All right, all right. So we're pretty up here on the scale, on, on the crybaby scale. Yeah, I'd give this I give this 6.5 out of 10 tiers. Ooh, 6.5. Again, it's the star. Well, again, let me take that back. Given the nature of what you said, the, we talk about the song's nature, let's give it, I'll give it a full set. I guess I'll, I'll take a seven. I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm, I'm marking it a seven, dude. There you go. Seven out of ten tears. All right.
Good seven. All right. What is your next track? Okay, so I'm up to the cry portion of this, and um, the track that I chose to go with here is called Prison from the game Crystar, composed by Sakujo.
Welcome back. You're listening to Prison from the game Crystar, composed by Sakujio. Um, I want to—I played this on the PlayStation 4, but I'm sure it was on like other systems. Definitely was on Steam. Um, so this was an interesting game in that it definitely gets mixed reception. And from my personal perspective, I found it enjoyable, but it's a you game for you, the company. So it has a tendency to get a little repetitive in the gameplay over time. But the concept behind it and the premise is actually fairly intriguing. Um, the idea behind the game is at the beginning of the game, you and your sister, for whatever reason, end up in purgatory. And you're just there kind of as like spiritual entities, like just butterflies flying around. But you manage to regain your normal form. And then that this has this happens, you, you, you and your sister get attacked by, I guess, revenant souls. Huh. And... For reasons that the game doesn't tell you at the offset, your main character taps into a specific power that allows her to fight back and defend against them, but she can't control it well because she's just getting it, and in the process of using it, she kills her sister, too. So now, her sister is on her way to, you know, basically the, the Sea of Souls to abandon the mortal coil, and she, you, want, you want to save her. So the two rulers of purgatory come to you and make a deal where if you work for them and purge, you know, errant revenants for them, they will give you the ability to eventually muster up the ability to resurrect her soul. Because the normal order of operations is someone goes to the Sea of Souls, their soul gets reprocessed into a new soul, and they come back as a new entity without memories because they're a completely new being. Like a reincarnation yes. kind of thing. But in this case, they're saying they could actually resurrect her as she is mm. without having to go through that process. So that's your main character's goal. Um, so you're running through purgatory, fighting monsters, and like trying to help souls come to terms with what killed them or grie- grievances that they mm. had in their life. Huh. Um, but the crying comes in in a lot of ways. Uh, one... When you are not in purgatory, you're back in the real world. Um, but while you're in purgatory, you are also occasionally collecting just like, I guess, like crystallized forms of their of people's regrets. Mm-hmm. And when you bring them back to the real world with you, you can help process these grievances by crying, like actually emitting emotion with the actual regrets. And then somehow that results in those things becoming items that you can use in the actual purgatory world to like bolster yourself. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, wow. but it's interesting. I'll give them that. Like someone sat down and said, "We can do this. This this makes logical sense as yeah. a premise for a game." Um, but that's you end up doing that for that. There's also a tier gauge where you build it up by either like fighting monsters or by literally just stopping and crying in combat. Not making that up either. And then when you max the tear gauge out, your inner being, basically the entity that you merged with, which gave you the powers you have, comes out mm-hmm. and fights alongside you. It's like a, like a like a soul like a soul spirit that kind of fights alongside you yeah. until you do like a maximum burst and like just use like a super move and gets rid of it. Uh, there's a lot of crying involved. Yeah, um, it's yeah the imagery in this game looks really interesting. It's, and the weird thing about it too is like it depends on where how you approach it because different people will take it in a different way, but they hit some really touchy subjects, oh, like wow. legit touchy subjects. The um, God, this music is really good though. Is the rest of the soundtrack like on the on the level? It's yeah. really good. Like it goes from like really morose and emotional to like just pulsating intense like this. Well, there's a lot of emotion in this 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 track. It's it's really enjoying it. 
Yes. Like, I, I am a big fan of the OST because, like, it's one of those things where, it's like, even if in the end I might come away and say something like, you know, the game is repetitive or something mm -hmm. points, or maybe they didn't stick the landing on the ending, um, I do feel like the music and the art and the general concept of what they were going for, I think, are really cool things. Yeah. Like, it's sort of it's sort of thing where you could say, um, like, you might be hearing me talk about this and go, crying to power up, how ridiculous is that? And then first thing I'm going to say is, hey, nothing wrong with being in touch with your emotions. Don't be a jerk. And then the next thing I'll say is, whether they stick the landing on that or not, that's the sort of thing I like to hear when it's like, hey, we're trying to be creative in an age where everything has been done. So yeah, exactly. if we get to the point where we're saying crying to power up, hey, that's where we're going with on this. Let's see where we can take it. And uh, I'm okay with that, personally. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, I don't know, it looked really neat. Like I was watching, we were watching the Steam demo as we were listening to the music, and it looked really cool. I kind of want to go back and play more of it now. This, is, this, is what, this happens a lot with this show. Yeah, like yeah. we'll be picking tracks, like you know, I want to go back and play that game again. <laughs> uh, well, how about this one for now? This is this next game that might be on your cry meter. You might. I don't know if you'll be into this one. It's a uh, adventure RPG visual novel for the Dreamcast. Based on the anime Shiro Sumesoa episode of the Clovers, I think it's about high school kids. But this is not Black Clover. No, it's not Black Clover. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the artist is credited only as Yan Y A N. This is background music twenty three. I believe it's called the Fleeting Song. I'm not quite sure on the title. I had a title list, and I wasn't sure where the where the tracks met up. So I think it's called the Fleeting Song. It's background music twenty three from Shiro Sumesoa episode of the clovers <laughs> I spread it on the bread at the toast of Nick good for you I hope you like it too but you took my bread, threw it in my face Said, what you doing inside my place? I told you get out, I told you get out Just the other day mm. Mm. But I didn't want to leave Because I love you, please Take me back, baby I could do it better this way Just eat my freaking bread sandwich that I made for you I made it with all the love that I can muster up to Come on, girl, just take me back <laughs> Make me feel like I got something to live for. Oh, God. You make me see back you're listening to marmalade girl by <laughs> Purnell. <laughs> come back marmalade girl <laughs> i loved you baby be my marmalade woman <laughs> <laughs> now this is uh background music 23 from the game shiro sumesua episodes of the clovers composed by jan for the sega dreamcast 
And yeah, okay. I got I got some I got some cry cry, cry levels. Yes, the cryometer the cryometer rocked out to this one. Yeah. It was the buckets were overflowing. I felt something. It resonated within my very soul, <laughs> nice. which resulted in the weird words you just heard a few minutes ago. Um, yeah, I, this this well, this game I don't know anything about really, um, and I'm not going to. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> When it's more of a visual novel style based on an anime that I've never seen before, it's going to be really hard for me to like. And they probably already like just yeah. they probably just threw you in there. Was like, hey, here's a bunch of kids you should already know from the last 25 episodes of the show you weren't watching. Right, and, so, I, and I'd have to find some translations to even know what I'm looking at. And even then, the translations might be from an episode of the show. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll just assume it's about a bunch of kids who have magical clovers that allow them to have one good wish a week. I, that's a, that's a cool idea, actually. That's not a bad idea for a show where it's like every week kids find a clover that gives them like the power to get a wish one wish mm-hmm. and they maybe they share it or maybe they do something good for the town i feel like it has to be a shared wish because if it was one wish right the only way they could really make it work is if it was like a monkey's paw clover or Ooh, yeah. the kids weren't bright enough to make grandeur wishes but they, it's like an after school club you know like i don't know like what do they do like they're um the after school wish club the after school wish club yeah but no but like maybe they're, they're like a, like a tennis club right mm-hmm. but they all find this clover after like someone hits a ball too far out in the field and they pick it up and they find a clover and then every week they find the new clover and as a club as a team they have to decide what to do with that wish that could be. Yeah, I would yeah. love to say. I think. That, I think the conflict of them all having to communicate, like, to decide together, mm-hmm. is what would make it interesting, because it could get corrupted. Because also, it becomes a thing yeah, where it's like yeah. it, you don't just voice it; it has to be felt. Like, okay, we all agree, we agree, and then the wish is happening. They just sit around and kind of like they're just thinking it, and then the clover glows, and then it happens. Yes, which means that something weird could happen within the wish. It's like, what the heck is that? It's like, oh man, my thoughts were strayed. And it resulted in, you know, we all risk for, you know, delicious grilled cheese sandwiches, but yours has tomato in it. What happened? Well, I just happened yeah. to really like exactly. tomatoes. So it could go that way. Or it could go in a weird, like, kind of dark way in which, like, they start to, they start to question whether people really have free will. You know, like they're, they're, they're wishing for people to be better and to do good or wishing for people to fall in love, right? Mm-hmm. And then they do. And they're like, well, are people really falling in love or is it just our power of the wish? We could even do that thing like The Box. Yeah. Was that movie called The Box? Where like... <laughs> the Box. Yeah, it was like an old movie mm-hmm. where the premise was a guy would come to your door and he would say, hey, I have this box. Oh, that's right. And if you open it, it will grant you like... either I can't. It's either it granted you a wish or you've got a ton <laughs> of money. But then in exchange for that, someone... Out there dies. Okay, just someone dies. Yes, there's um, there's a great. Oh, I forget the name of it. It's a Canadian comedy group. They did a bunch of YouTube videos. They did the Power Thirst video. Have you ever seen Power Thirst? I feel like I've someone, heard of it. Someone at least. knows about it. Uh, Power Thirst. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but it's it's this it's this guy sitting in his house, and this guy walks in with a box and a button, and says, "Okay, look, here's a box. If you press this button, you will get." one million dollars and he goes okay <laughs> he goes, no 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 but if you press the button someone in the world is gonna die and he goes oh okay he says no 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 it's, 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 a, it's a moral problem that you're supposed to solve and he goes problem solved <laughs> you just killed three people <laughs> it just keeps oh it's very very yeah I have to find I can't remember the name of the group but yeah, that's the box but like it's the box where like the real world box where someone's like I don't care <laughs> exactly that's pretty much would be the real world box but in the case yeah. of the clover thing it would have to be something that they can you know tangibly see mm-hmm. in their wish acquisition like yes. it might be 
And like a the, the earlier thing, like we all get grilled cheese sandwiches. One of them is poisoned. And <laughs> you find out it's like, oh no! Oh, it turns out oh. like a, it's, it's a monkey monkey's paw, except it's four leaves on the clover. But they're they're deep. They're like devil tailed clovers. Oh yeah, the devil tailed four leaf clover of um, doom and fast. I'm gonna warn our listeners that this is not the anime. We're just coming up with this. this we is, really are because I've never seen this show. Um, Rob's never seen the show. I'm gonna workshop this uh the script on the show. Um okay, so Pernell, we're on to your next track. Okay, now we are up to baby. And this track I have been bopping for like two weeks. <laughs> Part three, baby. Oh, oh! I think snap. I know what you're playing. Is it? Take is a it? guess. Sounds like you know. I'm Jammer Lammy. Nope. I think I've done baby USA baby on this show before. We, we must have. We must. There's have. There's no way I would have done that by this episode in the show. <laughs> We've done 300 episodes. You know I played I'm Jammer Lammy. Mama, 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 mama! You better believe it. We'll find out. He's checking right now. Oh, we've only played I'm Jammer Lammy on one episode. Oh my god, maybe 2018. Crap, if that if we haven't picked USA Baby, it nope. won't be right now, but it's going to have to happen Amazing. soon. Amazing. We've only ever played the fire song. Wow. Yeah, I have to double check. I feel like maybe it's the name we're getting wrong cuz it's got to be out there. But for the time being, the track that I'm clicking right now is from the game um Conception 2, Children of the Seven Stars. I want to say I got the subtitle right for that. <laughs> I didn't write the subtitle down like a goober. Um, I, I love how every game you pick always has like a subtitle with something really long. <laughs> the track title, even on the OST, was just Dungeon Battle 1. And it was composed by Masoto Kuda with lyrics by Marie and performed by Phantasmagoric. Lyrics. Yeah, it's got lyrics. It's a gem.
Welcome back. You're listening to Dungeon Battle 1 from the game Conception 2, Children of the Seven Stars, composed by Masoto Koda with lyrics by Marie and performed by Phantasma Gort. This track has... I, the best way I can describe it is that it has that vibe that I used to get from like when I first started playing the later Persona games, being 3 through 5, where you'd get into a battle and this music would start to play and the lyrics don't click. Like You're like, what the heck are they saying? Though admittedly in 3... They were more easy to understand. Um, but you're like, what the heck are they saying? Why am I supposed to enjoy this? This isn't clicking. I don't want to hear them singing when I battle monsters. And the next thing you know, you're humming it all the time. <laughs> you look forward to getting into battles. And uh, quite frankly, it just becomes an absolute bop for you. Uh, the dancing your kitchen type tune that I love so much. Um, I can't attest to how listeners will appreciate this. But I can tell you right now, I've listened to this track more than I probably should have over the last few <laughs> weeks. It is addictive. Uh, the game itself, I have not played it, despite it being on my shelf, which is how I was drawn to looking for tracks from it. This is a 3DS title? 3DS and Vita. I have the Vita okay. version okay. of it. Yeah. And uh, what I understand from it, it was um, the idea behind the game is that... I don't know the exact reason why you're doing it, but I just know your main character is fighting like either monsters or aliens and the way you fight them is that he has a special ability to produce like exceptional quote-unquote star children yes without flaw as long as he can mate with a specific as rob put it s-class women as it was mentioned in the actual wiki <laughs> um i just assumed that they were just like well good characters now with that said <laughs> this is a t-rated game so we're not getting crazy here with the title um but the idea here is that you are producing what is called star children and it is done through the process known as class mating yeah i said it right um the characters just kind of have this weird like silhouette scene where they're kind of just like holding hands and mess and like the song plays and then boom you got a star baby um <laughs> and these star kids can be one of like 30 different classes of characters like gunslingers and paladins and fencers and yeah. all this mess and Who's they go into dungeons with Who you. Who is taking care of all these star children? Apparently the main character or some kind of <laughs> star nursery. I don't know. But uh, it's interesting in that the better your relationship is with their mother the better stats the kids get okay. and if you actually fight if the kids fight with their mother mm -hmm. they do better in combat. Meaning that if you take star kids in with a different woman that than their actual mom, they don't perform as well. It's an interesting concept for a game. Okay, so it's like they took like some kind of um, Shin Megami Tensei fighting with demons or Pokemon fighting with the, the trainers and the monsters, but they took it to a whole other place. Yep. And then I ain't gonna lie to you, there's a small weird part of me yeah. that feels like it makes more sense to fight with your children as your army <laughs> than a bunch of random monsters you just picked off the street. I kind of get that. It's also, I mean, yeah, but also this. Oh, they're is, all baffled. <laughs> this is an, this is anime video game world, so you know it's going in strange places already. So. Strange new places. Oh. Number eight. Um, this song is rocking, though. I love. This I mean, song. is this is this a battle theme you hear throughout the game? I was reading about this. Apparently, they changed it. That thing where they give you a new battle theme halfway through. Okay. And I listened to the other battle theme. They screwed up because oh, <laughs> no. this is the one they should have kept. This is this is fun. This is a fun battle theme. Yes, it is. I like the loop. I didn't even realize it was looping because it's just this is one of those songs that just kind of keeps rolling. With um and, and the chorus sounds a lot like it's on the same uh, energy level as the verse, you know. Yes. So it just kind of keeps going. And I'm gonna tell you, like, 
I bought this game on release day and never played it. When I came across the track, I took it off the shelf. <laughs> I was like, it's go time. I got to play Conception Nail because we, this music is in there. If we didn't do this podcast, you just have a lot of games sitting on your shelf. <laughs> but at the same time, there's a certain peak that, thing to it that I like because for better or for worse, I have, uh, I have thousands of video games. Mm-hmm. And I pull from all of them. When we do episodes of the show. Now, admittedly, I'm also old with terrible memory, which means that it gets shuffled around up here. And it usually takes something to jog my memory to go, oh, I have this game that sounded like this. I'll go track from that. It's a lot of games <laughs> and a lot of music. It's a lot. Conception is just one of them. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to my last track. This is from the game Darkstalkers, The Night Warrior. This is the ending theme to the character Bishiman, and it is, I believe, composed by Takeyuki Iwai Wait, and Hideki in- Okugawa. The individual characters have their own ending themes in this game? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, there's good endings and bad endings for each character. So each character had two themes. Yes, they do. They, had, they have a theme for the stage. Mm-hmm. They had an ending theme that was good and an ending theme that was bad for so the most part. So they had three themes. Yes. That's, man, that's a lot. And they're all really good. <laughs> this game has some of the best Capcom music ever. So here we go. This is um, the Bishimon ending from Darkstalkers The Night Warrior for the arcade. That was the ending for Bishimon from Darkstalkers, The Night Warrior, composed by Takeyuki Iwai, Ideki Okugawa, and Akari Kaida, Capcom sound team. Pretty awesome. It's kind of sad. It's kind of I, I picked this because it had that kind of sad, slow feel to it. But the 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 flutes, well, I gotta flutes give were the, a little something different. Well, I gotta give the rating here. I feel like listening to this, mm-hmm. I gotta give it four out of ten on the cryometer. Yeah, reflecting on a and reflecting in solemn dignity. <laughs> tis a fine tune, but sure, tis no cry sound English. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Bishamon, he was uh, the, the 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 samurai ghost guy. Yeah, so he, it is him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Darkstalk. Did you watch the cartoon for that back in the day? I know I did. I don't remember it very well. It was all I remember is they butchered it. Like. You look at Darkstalkers, the fighting game, even knowing that they're all, like, very, you know, like, colorful game characters, as far as how they're animated and all, you still get the idea that they're actually, like, monsters of the night. 
they're not playful or anything, except for maybe like one or two characters, like kind of wacky. No, the game is very like Darkstalkers is Darkstalkers is very like horror themed, and mm-hmm. in, in a way that like it's not spooky and scary, but like it's definitely um, like supernatural. Yeah. yeah. So then you get the video, the, the cartoon, yeah. and they just got real hokey with it. Like, I remember Super. they made Lord Raptor like a British rock star. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what was it? The, it was like a mummy that was just really clumsy. How the green, the, the green the, lizard guy thing was, yeah, it was really, it's really silly. Yeah. The fish man was like n- a noble character. I remember mm-hmm. that. Uh, the Yeti was just this goofy guy. Well, this is one of those games where, like, every character has a certain story arc, and they all kind of ring. But it's still a fighting game, so but the story is told through, like, the cutscene at the beginning of the game, the cutscene at the end of the game. Everything in between is just gameplay. So they don't have that thing where at the match start they each have like one line that they say and then they go at it. No, if they do, it's always the same line. And that's just how these games are. But like I, in my mind even when I was younger I would watch I would see this game and be like none of these are like good guys and bad guys like they're, they're, they're all just, monsters even in Street Fighter I was like there, there's who's the good guy and the bad guy I guess Bison's a bad guy but I can play as Bison well, I thought Street Fighter 2 pretty much was that like that's the vibe I got because when you play Street Fighter 2 at least two only two I can't speak for right, the other there's ones there's the four you, bad guys at the end yeah you had to fight them it was like was it four and it was yeah it was four Sagat Barog M. Bison with their mix-up names or whatever, yeah. and then, you know, Vega, who right. was, you know, again, the names were all jungled around, like yeah. Vega was actually Bison. Boxer, Claw, Dictator, Sagat. There we go. That's how we call them now. <laughs> it's Sagat. We just call them how they are. But yeah, but even then, I was like, but like, you, if I play Chun-Li and I fight Ryu, who's the bad guy? Neither. They're in a tournament. Anyway, that's how I felt. So when I saw them in, a, in like, I saw like a, a cartoon with like they have to split up between the good guys and the bad guys. So there's like a power thing. But I think they got it right. Like in the cartoon, the bad guys were the Shadow Lou characters, the uh, same four. Yeah, but then you get the Dark Stalkers. Like where do you where do you draw the line? They where do you draw the line? They totally just they just made it up there because like I'm trying to remember where Morgan placed in the cartoon. Was she in the cartoon? Yeah, she was in the cartoon. I don't know if they, they would put her in the cartoon. But I was, they, I they, were just, they were just, you know, they would just tone well, her down a bit. Like, but like, like a Jessica Rabbit situation. No, she wouldn't be the Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> the actual, she wouldn't act like a succubus. She would oh, just be like is. vampire. Oh, 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 this is not great animation. Yeah, she would just be random vampire woman. They wouldn't be like, all, she is a succubus. What this is, all, this is all the same cartoon, Pernell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the animation was not good. Like, <laughs> in fact, the entire cartoon was not good. Uh... <laughs> But what I can tell you is that her anime, her, her her look was exactly the same. But I'm almost I would bet dollars to donuts if I had to go back and watch it that they never referred to as a succubus. They probably were like she's a vampire, but a woman. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like uh, Dimitri is a male vampire and Morgan's a female vampire. <laughs> um, that's the vibe I would get from that. But they just kind of, I think they kind of just rolled the bones on who was good and who was bad in that. Oh cartoon. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I see. So they 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 they, they clothed her a little bit better in the in the cartoon. Yeah, they had to, you know, kids for the, for the minors. But like, it, <laughs> it was a very slapsticky show, and. I remember, I want to say John Talbain was on the good team. Mm-hmm. The Yeti was a good guy. The Fishman was a good guy. Felicia was a good guy. Sink, was it Cinco? The ghost girl? I don't know. This is the only picture I remember where the fish guy and the Yeti are just shaking hands. Yep. It was, <laughs> it was, it was a travesty. And the thing about it made me sad. It was like, they could have totally gotten better, you know. Like, they could have, if they wanted to, they could have made this a great cartoon. But they literally just... 
get a cheap animation studio to just farm one out over like a couple, like a month. Like, maybe I get this cartoon out while the iron's hot. I sell it. It's it's not great. So, and if, but, if an animator's listening to this and saying, this guy is blasphemous, that's not how animation works, then I apologize. But to my understanding, that was how the mill worked back then. A property got popular. Some, generally Deke, it was usually Deke, was yeah. like, hey, this property's popular. Let's farm a cartoon out. Do we know anything about the game? No. Just so get the art and make something go, up. Think, all right, let's get some people to write the show who had known anything about the game. Let's get some, some, some people doing the artwork, but make it just different enough where we don't have to pay money to Capcom. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they gave some money oh, yeah, to Capcom. Yeah, yeah. Their name was in the credits, but uh, but, it was, oh my gosh. but they totally, you could totally tell from most of these shows. I guess they had to make it like low budget enough so they can they can make it more because they knew it wasn't no, going to last. They went limbo yeah. Lou. Wow. that's, that's They went Hermes Lou. Um, but yeah, so if you're looking for a laugh, let's just look up the Darkstalkers cartoon. Or if you want to be traumatized, also look up the Darkstalkers cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> games are awesome though. Games were the best. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I'm going to turn the track down, which is so sad that you only gave it a four on the cry meter. Nah, it was a, it's good for this track. It, yeah, I, I, this was the only track I wasn't super sure about. I saved, I saved my other track for the bonus round. I hear this track and, and I think pray at the. I hear this track. And I think pray at the shrine for my grandmother's well-being and the cows yeah. producing quality milk. Okay, I get that. I get that. Yeah, I mean, I, it makes I get the sense. milk. I get the cows. They get the women. And then you get the grandmas. <laughs> All right. uh, now we are going to the bonus round, Pernell. Baby, bonus, bonus, bonus round. Mm-mm-mm. Bonus round. Bonus round is where we play covers and arrangements and remixes on our theme. So you, you've done the fly, you've done the cry, you've done the baby. Mm-hmm. So where's the bonus round go? All three. Uh, yeah. The ultimate, most known in gaming, in my opinion, flying, crying baby. Baby Mario. Baby Mario. From Yoshi's Island. This is, I actually found two remixes of the same track, but I think I'm ultimately going to go with this one because I just like it a lot. Um, this is Touch Fuzzy Get Dizzy. Yeah. Pop Punk Remix by 16 and Mono. Love it.
Welcome back. You're listening to the Touch Fuzzy Get Dizzy Pop Punk Remix done by 16 in Mono. I genuinely like the fact that, well, first of all, Touch Fuzzy Get Dizzy is like the track that for me is what I think about first when Yoshi's Island comes to yeah, mind. Yeah, I think about that too. I love the, I love the title. Yes, yeah. so good. And then he took that track and just went wild with it. He put a lot of renditions on it, different variations to it. And I didn't feel bored throughout the entirety of listening to that track get done by him. It's a really good tune, and it felt good to listen to. So I figure it was a perfect accompaniment to this it episode. Is the flying, crying baby Yoshi's Island. I, I can't believe I didn't fit that together. That's right. Yeah. And, and even if someone's thinking, well, technically he's not a flying baby, Pernell, because he's, he's only flying in a bubble. Like, well, actually, he can get the cape. And he can still kind of hover and glide with that, too. So he does fly in some way, shape, or form. He's a flying, crying baby, baby. Oh, man. He flies a little bit. He, he floats. He floats. He's a floaty, crody baby. He's in the air. All right. So this one flies around a bit. This one flies all over the place. This is Super Star Soldier Ooh. for the PC engine. I call my ship baby all the time. <laughs> yeah. I was actually thinking about that not too long ago, too. Like, uh, No, that's your Chevy. Well, well <laughs> that, I was leading to it, actually. Like... Growing up, my mom had a name for her car. Mm -hmm. She called it Betsy, but she only said it by name when she was concerned about it running out of gas or breaking down on the road, yeah. almost like, or she damaged it. So I was like, oh, come on, Betsy, you can make it one more mile to the gas station. Come on, Betsy. And then growing up, as I got older, I started finally driving a car. I naturally kind of took that over, too, on my own. Like. I would call it Betsy at first, and I was like, I don't want to call my car Betsy. So I just started going, come on, baby. You can do it, baby. That's what, that's what, that's what didn't that Dean call his car? Yep. Oh, and it was an Impala. An Impala. And yeah, yep. but you drive an Impala now. There it is. So baby, baby. Uh, uh, Christy's truck, her first truck was a Ford, and it was, uh, we called her Betty. Ah. And then we had, um, we had a, a Chevy Silverado, and we called that one Trucky. <laughs> which is not as cool of a name not at all but it, hey it matches the character but it'd be like because it was like this big imposing it was a it was a, a 2500 silverado and we go hey trucky <laughs> i assume you didn't have to apologize to it as much though no it was it was just a it was rugged didn't have to worry about any bumps or like craters in the road that car went over everything and you never knew what you went over <laughs> if anything you guys like thanks trucky another smooth ride it was a good trucky um, this is Superstar Soldier for the PC Engine. This is off of the album Superstar Soldier. I think this is called More Superstar Soldier. It's a Superstar Soldier arranged album. came out around the same time the game came out. So this is composed by um, uh, <laughs> Nasomi Nakahashi, credited as Dr. Nakahashi. Uh, Keita Hoshi, credited as Mr. Hoshi. Mr. Hoshi. And it's arranged by Norihiro Suru, and we're going to listen to the ending theme called The Returned Soldier's Rest from the game Superstar Soldier. I mean, darn, this is the Star Soldier I had as a kid. This was a one of my dad's bargain bin purchases. Really? Yeah. Th this is a great shooter. Yeah, and it also cost us five bucks. Wow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
Farewell, Star Soldier. <laughs> Farewell. Bye, Superman! <laughs> that was the Returned Soldier's Rest, the ending theme from Superstar Soldier, from the Superstar Soldier arranged album composed by Nozomi Nakahashi, Keiichi Hoshi, and arranged by Norihiro Suru. And on its own, the original um, uh, uh, Hue Card or whatever, uh, PC Engine Turbo Graphics music for Star Soldier is fantastic. And the ending theme is just as, I think it's just as moving. Yeah, I definitely but got this is awesome. I definitely got moving from this. Like mm-hmm. we were joking earlier, my vibe is that this is the song of a guy who just finished his you know month long space mission, and he is now flying home, reflecting on all of the lives that were lost on this excursion. And then you made you followed up by saying all the lives he ruined or took, <laughs> yeah. which then got me thinking like, yeah, he destroyed the he destroyed the moon base, but. Think of all the people who were working on that moon base who were only doing it to earn their 16 moon bucks an hour <laughs> so they could feed their family, hoping that one day they could save up enough money to you know, go to Jupiter, a much more kind planet that isn't ruled by a space dictator. But unfortunately, he happened to be there when the Liberation Front showed up with its missiles of justice. Said, oh, nope, space out. Missiles um, of, the missiles of justice. That's that is the uh, the missiles of no it's a, it's the, um, uh, uh, the the missiles of peace. There you go. Yeah, peace boomers, peace 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 exploders. But like that's that's, that's the name of my new game, the, the peace exploders. Because I think honestly, because I I I will admit mm. that, and this might be touching on a little bit of like you know USC type stuff, but that's also a large part of why like even back in the day, like I could I never could get like when I was in grade school, I could never get excited about like. Like all those, like, okay, we're, we're going to the golf because that's how old we are, by the way. Oh, we're oh. going over to the golf, and, yeah, uh, and the, the golf teachers war. were trying to yeah. ramp it up, like, hey, we should be excited. Or, we're going to save the day. And even back then, I was like, this doesn't feel good. Like, yeah. There's something off about this. Yeah, they tried. They tried. That was the last time they really tried, I think. Yeah, because, like, yeah. in the end, it's like, you know, that they're going. You would hope at least that they're going under the belief that they're doing right and they're doing the right thing. But you also know that people are people. And even the people that they're fighting against have families and mm-hmm. lives, and no one's really winning here. There's yeah. no winner, and that's and that's the and that's the story of the Superstar Soldier. That is the Superstar Soldier. I think it's like <laughs> it's a Gulf War allegory for now, and that's why space shooters work best when you're when you're actually fighting aliens, like yeah. just like not not even aliens, but just like monsters, aliens, like unless this, unless you're playing Darius, and it turns out that all those like. Robotic space fish have robotic space yeah. fish families, in which case that's really baffling to me. Or you're playing a shooter and you're like, "What did you just put that chainsaw through a person?" It was a Nazi. Don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. He's good. Well, I don't feel bad about that. That's good. Or, or it could be like a monster, like you're playing Resident Evil. Well, that man, he, he had a family, yeah, but now he's a mutant and he can't go home to his family. His family believes that you're doing this as an act of mercy yeah. for that zombie man who used to be a scientist. Or they're all mutants too. Those poor, those poor people. <laughs> anyway, that is Resident <laughs> Evil in get, a nutshell. A too. darker. All right. So, for the more Birkins. information on the bonus round, you can go to rhythmandpixels.com where we have links to our artists' band camps and SoundClouds and web pages everywhere you can go and find the music and support these amazing artists. And I apologize for that wild tangent. <laughs> <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> All right, thanks for listening to us 
on our episode 31-5, Fly Crybaby. Fly Crybaby! Uh, the original song uh, by Garnet Mims in The Enchanters from 1964. And um, this is the Superstar Soldier for the PC Engine. From, Not from uh, 1964. Maybe from 1992, 93, maybe. Oh, wait, here we go. 90. 90. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, because I know, I know the original one came out in the States in like 87 or so, maybe? 88 at the latest. And I'm going to wager it's got a US release, too, and now I kind of want to play it because this music is good. Yeah, I've only played it on, on obviously, on emulation, and it's, it's really good. It's tough. A lot of these these older shooters are really really tough because of that. I mean, super the original Star Soldier was rough too. So, if anything, I'd be disappointed if this one didn't make the cut. <laughs> like it, need, it needs to. You know, what we need to do. We need to do a thing where I don't know how he how he would do it for posterity, but like we'd have a between an episode, we'd have like one game like a shmup like thing, which I almost like shoot myself in the foot here knowing who I'm talking to. Um, but take a shmup and say okay. Highest score in this week that you can pull off. Oh, have a score attack. A score attack. You come out like, here's my score. What you okay. do? Okay, we can do that. What you get? I mean, I got the computer back. I've set it up. Oh, I replaced the power supply so it doesn't whistle anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That means you can't get distracted. That means I lose my edge. <laughs> I can't get distracted by the power supply. I got to have a higher explode. score. More for that whistling. I was replacing computers and I was like, why Why has no one complained about this computer that is clearly going to catch on fire? <laughs> better, like out speed. better remove it. T's ready. The, the, from the gen pop of the office. Um, yeah, a very interesting episode. I, I don't think we have a topic picked for our next episode. Oh, we do. We do. Oh, my. So the oh, idea... So glad I brought this up. Let me just <laughs> write this down. Uh, N- <laughs> Nintendo games owed to Gilva Sunner. Oh, that's right. The Silva Gunna. Or Gilva Sunner. His, his name went through some weird changes and yeah. name theft. I don't even friggin' know. Anyway, next week is all about Nintendo. That's right. And if you heard that name and you heard us say Nintendo... You know why we're choosing the topic. And if you don't, you'll learn next week. Yeah, we'll talk all about it. We'll have some information on that. The Super Nintendo Super Show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I'm glad we talked about that again because I would have forgotten. Um, but yeah, if you like what you're hearing and you want to get more of the show, you want to find more of the show, you want to get a track listing from this episode, you want to see a track listing from all of our episodes, you can go to our website. Rhythmandpixels.com. And if you want to get in contact with us, if you want to say hi, hello, if you have a track suggestion or a topic suggestion or anything like that, the best way to get in contact with us is through our email, rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And you can find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's just Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Um, there's a bit happening on Facebook, but not usually. Most everything is happening on our Discord. You can find our Discord at the, at the top of our website. There's a little link that'll give you a, a invite right to it. And you can say hello to us there. We're pretty active on, on Discord, I'd say. Yeah, I'm, and I'm trying to get more involved, too. Like, I feel like it's one of those things where, like, and this goes across, like, any chat form I've ever really been on, in that ultimately, we you gotta, it's like a little bit of give and take. Like, people want to have to want to talk, and then we have to want to talk in return. And I am grateful and thankful that we do have a number of folks that do keep chatty. Even yeah. if it's just, like, if you were to come in there and just say, oh, I'm playing this game, and you probably familiar with it, you know? Like, even stuff like that, or just like give us progress on games you're playing, or just that 
even that music yeah, you like. Our, our channel's be, our, our channel, our, our, our Discord servers kind of become a, a game sharing kind of place and music sharing too. Yeah. And, and um, if and if you are interested in other VGM podcasts, uh, video game music podcasts, there's a lot of other podcasters who frequent our server as well. Yeah. And if if you know them and you want to say hi to them, you'll find them there, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I think ultimately it's just it's just a cool place to kind of just hang out and chat with people and you develop like a little bit of a familiarity with each yeah. other there. Yeah, I, I like that. It humanizes Robin Purnell. <laughs> I, I, honestly, if we haven't humanized <laughs> ourselves enough by what we say on the show proper, then yeah. that'll do it for sure. It's, so. Okay, yeah, so we're, we, you can find us there. And um, if you want to, you can go to youtube.com slash rhythm and pixels. We have a 24-7, 8-bit and 16-bit uh, classics radio station that's just popping off, popping off. There it is. It's hopping. It's hopping online. It's, it's out popping. there. It's popping. I say it's popping now. We're getting getting a lot of listeners now. So check that out. It's playing all day long. So if you want some music to run in the background at work or while you're studying or whatever you're doing, um, it's pretty cool. It's youtube.com slash rhythm and pixels. And if you want to support the show, you can do that in a number of ways. You can just share it with friends, tell, tell people about it. Or you can go to rhythmandpixels.com slash merch where we have cool t-shirts and hoodies with um it's related to game music related to the podcast it's also related to just uh, uh game audio companies like falcom uh zuntada the konami kohea club so if you want a t-shirt that has mega drive on it <laughs> or falcom sound team check out uh, rhythmandpixels.com slash merch you can also go to patreon patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels and you get access to uh, prequel episodes you get access to a monthly live streamed episode and you get cool stuff like T-shirts or mugs or um, or stickers. The stickers are really, really cool. They're pretty big, actually. And we also like to thank our members at the end of every episode uh, at the highest levels. Uh, Frankly Zappa, Kristen, Mike Myers, Ulf Person, Vashon8060, Alex Messenger from A VGM Journey, Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Werma, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Chris Tienerson, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219, The Wise Guy, Christopher Senstrom, Davey Cakes, David Taylor, Harold Howard, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, Michael Jennings, Rage Cage from the VG Emporium VGM podcast. Well, so he'll be stopping into our store in the very near future, actually. Yeah, I'm really excited. So a couple episodes from now, we'll have the Rage Cage on the Rhythm and Pixels train. So look uh, look out for that. I'm looking forward to that. Maybe we'll bring some uh, some uh, beatboxing tunes. Oh, man. Have you? As it could happen. It could happen. Anything could happen. <laughs> Anything could happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'd also like to thank Reinhard Zalkova. Thank Romancing Sagat. I love that name. Uh, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, The Autistic Gamer 89, and Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy. I'll be recording an episode with him in a couple weeks for his show, um, which is about a, it's a monthly show, but it is a quality, quality show, the VG Embassy. So check that out wherever fine podcasts are downloaded and stored on your phone. <laughs> so check that out. Um, that's all I've got. I guess we'll see you next week. Well, I will say just before we go, I mean, like, yeah. if you are listening to this episode, you will be downloading it on, I would guess, the, potentially the 9th. Uh, Yes. It's early in February still. If you got some four in February in you, get it in because that may well end up being the topic of the Patreon episode or just because we wouldn't mind hearing you talk about it in the Discord too. Like, if you don't have time for four in February, do one in February. Do two. 
Do point five in February. The point is, play some friggin' games in February, Stop and let's s- talk about them. Staring em. at me when you're saying these things, Rob. <laughs> play some games. I got, a, I got a busy month. I know, I know. I got I'm a busy month full of game music. <laughs> oh, I believe it. But like, it's one of the was like you know, just play some games. Play some games, everybody. All right. Well, thanks for listening to our show. My name is Rob Nichols, and I'm Pernell. Have a great week, and remember. Uh, I guess this is a short and sweet, easy one. There's nothing manly about masking your emotions. If you feel something, say something, do something, react to something, express something. Holding in your feelings does really nothing for you. Uh, It's a construct that was brought up by some false sense of manliness Mm. that was brought about by, I don't even know, to be perfectly blunt. I would love to find out where it originates. I can kick it in the butt. But the point is, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel. It's okay to be. Don't let anybody tell you you can't express yourself. Because if they do, they're wrong and they're stupid. And I'd kick them in the butt for you if I could see it and my foot could reach that far. But enough about that. The point is, express yourself. Then you can sing that song from the 80s where the yeah, lady yeah. says it a lot. I was going to, but it's, it's just too important to express yourself. <laughs> it is. <laughs>